My assignment this morning is to start things off and finish things up, kind of uh, keep things moving in some ways, but uh, let me just explain what we're doing today so everybody's on the same page. Uh, First of all, visitors that are here for the first time, uh, let me thank you for staying. Uh, If I walked into a new church that I'd never been in before and they handed me a piece of paper that said they wanted a six-digit number, uh, wanted hundreds of thousands of dollars, I'd probably leave. Uh, we're, we're not after your money. Uh, this is not about that. This is family business, and we're glad that you stayed. Uh, for your information, two times a year we take a Sunday and talk about our two largest uh, mission efforts. Uh, one is Know Your Bible TV ministry, and the other one is the Foreign Mission Sunday that we're talking about today. Uh, So 50 out of 52 Sundays, we don't talk about money here at Northside, basically. So we're we're happy you're here and hope you uh, learn something about what we're doing in the mission field. Older members, people that have been here more than a year, you know the drill. You know what we do on this Sunday, so I don't need to explain it to you. New members, those of you that have come since the last Mission Sunday or maybe missed the last one, I've been here a couple of years. The process is that we have a mission oversight team uh, listed on the handout that you'll get in a while uh, that takes care of the missionaries, watches them, selects what works we get involved in, and proposes uh, what works we should be involved in and what the budget ought to be for that. And that's a big job. Uh, The mission oversight team does a wonderful job. They uh, probably nobody but them and the guy that opens the mail, uh, notices how many opportunities come our way. Uh, It's just constant people that are requesting help in this mission or that or this good work or that good. They're all good works. Uh, The mission oversight team sorts through all of that and decides what fits our vision of missions and prepares a budget, recommends that to the elders, they approve it, uh, and then we come to today. Uh, where Northside members are asked to approve that budget. Uh, You're asked to approve it by your contributions, by your pledges, by your gifts. If you support the plan, uh, then that's what we'll do in the coming year. If you don't support the plan uh, with your contributions, then some things have to be cut back. Uh, So that's what we're doing here today. That's the process, and the mission oversight team is going to take us around the world in about 20 minutes or so, and I think Mark's the first one up for for them. So, Mark, come and uh, take us around the world, and I'll come back later. Well, as Steve mentioned already, today is Northside's 8th Annual Mission Sunday. You know, it's, it's hard to believe that it's been that long since we committed ourselves to the goal of moving from inside to outside with a dream to spread God's good news throughout the world. Uh, Every year since we began this renewed evangelistic emphasis, you have given sacrificially to support the work of our missionaries. You know, sometimes as we make plans for the work ahead, I think it's a good idea to look back at where uh, God has led us to reflect on the good that He has done through us. That's why I thought it might be a good idea for you to look at a few highlights of the mission works that you have supported over the past several years as we get started this morning. 
The final highlight picture that I think you're looking at now is one of a young British woman named Stephanie who lives in Buenos Aires. And Jonathan Hannigan was very excited to tell us just a couple of weeks ago that she decided to become a Christian. She's the one with, well, I don't know if you can tell, but she's got wet hair and a blue uh, shirt on there. Uh, This is right after her baptism. Every year on Mission Sunday, we give you an update on each of our missionaries. Sometimes they're here in person. Some Usually, though, they are not here in person because it just takes too much time and costs too much money to have them uh, come here. So we normally just ask them to, to give us a three-minute video each uh, so that we can watch uh, and get an update of what's going on with them. So in just a minute, we're going to see four videos. But first, let me tell you just about a little bit about each one of the missionaries that you're going to see. We're going to start with a video from Jonathan. Uh, Northside has supported him for seven years. He worked in Venezuela for five years, and then when it just became too dangerous for him to stay in Caracas, he moved to Buenos Aires, Argentina, three years ago. One year ago, Jonathan and a small team planted a church in the Palermo neighborhood of Buenos Aires. Jonathan also teaches at the two-year-old Argentine Bible Institute, uh, the, the Spanish initials for that are I-B-I-C-A, Ibica is what we call it. Brian and Kathy Middleton made a site visit to Buenos Aires just uh, a, for a few, a few weeks ago uh, to see Jonathan and, and observe his work. Northside has supported the work in Toluca, Mexico for many years, and that's going to be our second video. Roberto Zapeta directs the Latin American Bible Institute there, uh, That one goes by the initials I-L-E-B, and we call that ELEB. So if you ever hear that, you know what we're talking about. Uh, He also publishes the Spanish uh, language version of the Christian Chronicle newspaper. And earlier this month, Rob and Ilya Nagel spent a week in Toluca visiting with Roberto and and the school and the church. Come back tonight at 6 o'clock if you'd like to hear Rob and Brian share with you what they saw uh, on their site visits. Our third video will be of Tommy and Pamela Maxwell, who work with the church in Stirling, Scotland. Pamela was a member of the Scotland team, and then Tommy moved to Scotland and began working with the Stirling Church last year. As you may remember, they were married about a a year ago in May, uh, and after Pamela finished her three-year commitment with the Scotland team, she and Tommy decided it would be neat if they could work together uh, at the Stirling Church. So that's what they're doing now. And then the final video we're going to see this morning was made by Robin and Chrissy Vick in Falkirk, Scotland. They and their teammates have been working in Scotland now for almost four years. It's been more than a year now that the Falkirk Church of Christ has met in this community hall, and we'll see that in Robin's video. So let's go ahead and watch those videos now. God calls us to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Here in Buenos Aires, Argentina, we strive to do just that, through the preaching of the good news of the kingdom of God, through community life as the body of Christ, and through mission. Here in Buenos Aires, through a book club, through our English conversation club, and other acts of service, as well as for our mission work to Bolivia and to Peru. Thank you so much for your prayers and your support. May God richly bless you and your family. Para alumbrar, y el Santo Espíritu, 
queda el poder, enciende la luz y la hace brillar. Mantén tu luz en la dirección de quien no sabe lo que es amor. Goodbye. 
wanted to show you a little bit about what is going on in the church and the Bible Institute here in Tabuca. Thank you so much for your generous support through the years. Without you, none of this would have been possible. Really excited about what God's been doing in Scotland during this past year. We've seen spiritual growth in both the members of the Sterling Congregation as well as some of those that we've been studying the Bible with in the community. We'd like to take just a couple of minutes and tell you about a few of the things that have been going on with the work in Scotland. One of the ways that we've been working to reach out into the community in Sterling is through an after-school program called Youth Club. Youth Club starts with about a five to ten minute Bible lesson, which is followed by some organized games for about an hour. But due to a neighboring congregation's recent negative press, we weren't able to start Youth Club this year until January, but the attendance since then has been really great. Right now, we have over 30 elementary school students that are members in an average attendance of around 25. We're also trying to reach out into the community through some evangelistic Bible studies that we advertise on a website called meetup.com. We call these the Coffee Shop Bible Studies on the website, and we currently have two of them going that meet regularly. One of these groups meets every two weeks on Saturday afternoons in Glasgow. This group has a regular attendance of six or seven people. Our other Coffee Shop Bible Study group meets every Friday afternoon in the Sterling Town Center. We're still experimenting with the different times for this group in order to make it available for as many people as possible, but we usually have about three or four that are in attendance. Both Pamela and I have, have also had opportunities to study one-on-one with some people this past year. Uh, Pamela has been studying individually with one of the ladies in our Glasgow coffee shop Bible study named Ravi, and she's also had the opportunity to work with a girl named Sarah through the Friendspeak program for several months. I've also had the opportunity for the last several months to study with a man named Richard, who's a member of the Christadelphian Church. So far, this has been a very challenging study, but the goal of it is to teach God's Word more accurately. One of the highlights of our work in Sterling is the time that we get to spend with the members of the congregation and seeing their growth. Some of the members have begun taking an active role in the youth club and have helped it to be successful. 
We do have a couple of specific prayer requests for you from the Sterling congregation. Elspeth Meekle is the two-year-old daughter of a couple in the congregation, and she's currently undergoing chemotherapy for a brain tumor, which is having a negative effect on her eyesight. And also, we would ask you to pray for Ian Scott. He's a member of the Sterling congregation who suffers from severe pain from a foot injury sustained several years ago. The pain from his injury keeps him from being able to be with us as much as he would like to be. Our plan for the future is to continue working in Sterling until the summer of 2015. Our goal during this next year is to continue the work we've started while passing it on to capable members of the Sterling congregation. We thank you for your partnership with us in this work as we share the gospel in the community of Sterling. We look forward to seeing you all in the next couple of months. Scotland, 5.2 million people, a nation rich in religious history, but one in which many ways has forgotten it and is in desperate need of the gospel. Which is why, as a team, we answered the call to go and decided to settle in the city of Falkirk, in the middle of Scotland's central belt, where the majority of Scotland's population reside. 2013, in many ways, was a pivotal year for our team. If we were to sum up in one word, we'd probably say transition, one that has brought many challenges and changes, but equally one that has provided many blessings. We said goodbye last year to Jenny Johnson as she returned to the States, and also to Pamela as she transitioned fully into the work in Stirling with Tommy. As well as goodbyes, though, we also had some joyful hellos as we welcomed Audrey in the world with the, with the Aaron family, and of course Millie Grace as the beautiful addition to our family. We also had a tr transition in our work as we shifted our focus from helping the Stirling congregation to working fully in the Falkirk area with the newly planted Falkirk Church of Christ. Up until last year, we had continued to meet in homes throughout the city of Falkirk, but in March 2013, we had the opportunity to begin meeting in a community centre in the Hall Glen area of Falkirk, an area with much need and many opportunities for us to serve. We now meet twice on a Sunday in Hall Glen and typically have around 25 with us in the morning and around 35 or so in the evening, spending time with one another, remembering our Saviour's sacrifice for us and focusing on the preaching and teaching of God's Word. We have a number of children involved in our kids' classes on Sundays and midweek, and one of the biggest joys for the congregation as we look to the future is seeing the involvement of the kids and their passion in learning about God. <clears throat> Often on a Sunday evening, as much as 50% of our congregation is under the age of 18. We've been blessed these past few years with growth numerically, as people such as Harrison, Ian and Stephen committed their lives to Christ and we rejoiced in February this year when we found out our brother Neil Scobie had baptised his son Joseph, one of our youth group, who's been an outstanding example to those around. We continue to grow closer spiritually too through our time together in Hall Glen and in our homes midweek. We regularly plan fellowship and game nights, growing closer through fellowship and to create opportunities for our members to invite friends and family along to get to know us. And we, of course, continue to be involved with various ministries and outreach opportunities, such as the Youth Club in Stirling, as well as one in the Community Hall in Hall Glen, where we meet. And last year, we had the Pied Pipers from Hardingover, which was a massive hit in our area schools. And we look forward, Lord willing, to having them over again next year. We continue also to hold weekly coffee shop Bible studies in Falkirk and in Glasgow, advertising online through the Meetup social networking site. We're eagerly looking forward to continuing to serve Falkirk and beyond through this next year. 
And as for us as a family, we're loving serving the people of Scotland. We've been blessed to grow as a family this past year and to watch our beautiful wee lassie Millie continue to grow. She continues to keep us on our toes, especially since she's now walking. She's definitely a social wee girl too. She loves nothing more than being with her friends at church. We're thankful for your prayers and continue to covet them as we prepare to keep reaching out to this area of Scotland. We couldn't do this without you. Brethren, we love you. And we miss you. And we're thankful for your love, your care, your support for us, and your continued prayers for us while we serve the work here in Falkirk. God bless. Bye. Bye. Your kisses. Oh, thank you. You say, love you. Bye bye. I might point out, uh, Tommy Maxwell said in his video, uh, the one right before uh, the VIX, that uh, they look forward to seeing us soon, and, and that soon is in about three or four weeks. Uh, they will be here for family camp, and uh, we're looking forward to having them here for uh, close to a couple of weeks, uh, starting with family camp. For several years now, our five-year-old through fourth grade classes have brought donations every week to help Mr. Jonathan share God's love uh, with the people in South America. And I think we've got some children that are going to be coming up to the front now and, and uh, uh, bringing uh, some donations uh, to Mr. Jonathan. Last year, uh, and we saw pictures of this in, in Jonathan's video, last year Jonathan organized a mission trip for members of his uh, new church to go work in Peru for a couple of weeks. He used the money that our children donated to buy food, uh, to buy material to teach the Bible, uh, to 150 children at an orphan's home, and you see a picture of them right now. The money was also used to buy evangelistic books to hand out to people there. A year ago, our children gave a total of $621. This year, I'm very happy to tell you that they gave $761. Uh, I think that's a really great thing to, to be commended. So they're posing for the annual group shot uh, of those who brought the donations down. By the way, kiddos, uh, Mr. Jonathan asked me to thank all of you who gave during the past year. He really, really appreciates your generosity. And uh, he looks forward to being able to spend this year's money in great ways, too. Thanks very much. Y'all may return to your seats now. This morning, we're very blessed to have Alex and Aaron Flood with us all the way from St. Paul, Minnesota. This time, Alex is going to share a little bit about the work that they started there five months ago. Good morning, church. Or as they say in the native language of my mission field, good morning, church. You guys should be really encouraged by all of the mission work you support around the world. I know that this congregation believes that the whole world is God's harvest field. And that's why we pray that God raises up more workers to go out into his field. I am your fellow worker to the not-so-distant land of a place we call home, the United States. You know, about 75 years ago... There's a small group of people who decided that North Wichita needed a new congregation. And they started meeting in a school. And they had their humble beginnings there. Later, they bought some property, built a basement, started meeting there. 
Then they built a building on top of that basement, and they continued to grow. And they've moved buildings over the time, but if you didn't know, that's how Northside started. And look at where Northside is now. I think almost every congregation can trace their lineage back to some sort of humble beginnings. You can read about the Churches of Christ in Kansas, about how families loaded up their wagons and traveled long distances to plant Churches of Christ here in our state. You can read about the humble beginnings of the Church of Christ itself in the Restoration Movement in the 1800s, when a couple of former Presbyterians from Scotland wanted to throw off man-made traditions brought on by denominationalism so that they can move towards being more like the Church of the New Testament. When you read the New Testament, you can read about the humble beginnings of congregations like in Philippi, where it started out with just one conversion of a woman praying by the river. She ran into the Apostle Paul. He taught her and her household the gospel, and they were baptized and brought into the church. Her name was Lydia, if you don't remember. You look at the church in Corinth. It was started by the conversion of Crispus, the synagogue leader. And I think that congregations are born when just a few people see the need for Christ in a certain area. And then they go and they make a few disciples. And then they continue to grow by sharing the message of Jesus and how he can cleanse you of your sins, forgive you of every wrong thing you've ever done. Well, my wife Erin and I, we've seen the need for the Lord's Church to be in St. Paul, Minnesota. In St. Paul, there are no churches of Christ within the city limits. And we've been there four months now. I'm glad to say that two weeks ago, the snow pile finally melted away. Uh, Things are warming up. It's getting pretty hot in the 30s and 40s. And for the past four months, what we've been up to is we've been spending a lot of time building a good relationship with the other local congregations. There are churches of Christ, a handful of them, and they're outside in the suburbs around the Twin Cities. And we've been working on building a good foundation to have a relationship with them. And especially, as you may have known from our newsletters, we've been spending a lot of time being a part of the family at the Woodbury Church of Christ. And they've been just a really great, encouraging group of brothers and sisters to us. We have... Uh, one encouraging evangelistic Bible study going on right now with an African woman named Zane. She responded to a Craigslist ad that I put uh, on the internet. And we are looking for more opportunities to set up more Bible studies. We are beginning uh, the first St. Paul coffee shop Bible study very soon, similar to the one that the uh, uh, Scotland teams use over in, in Europe. And we are also looking at more opportunities which we can volunteer in our neighborhood and community and get involved so that we can meet more people, study the Bible with more people, make more disciples. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit about what we're going to do coming up this year. Beginning in June, we're going to start having a weekly Bible study in our house. And what makes this Bible study different is we've recruited a couple of people from Woodbury to help us out. And this is going to be a purely evangelistic study where we're getting together every week to study the plan of salvation, what it is to be a disciple, what does God say in his word. And so the people who are helping us begin this are intentionally looking out for those in their workplace, in their school place, anywhere they go and they meet people, for people who are open to studying the Bible, people who have not uh, believed in Christ so that they can come to our house, we can study the Bible in a small group environment, and hopefully make disciples. And then, of course, as we grow, we'll uh, move locations as we need to. And then if we succeed, the goal is that this fall, 
we will launch a new congregation starting in our house in St. Paul, and it will be the only congregation in St. Paul. And we're excited for that work. And uh, something that's coming up this summer is that the youth group is going to come up to St. Paul as a stateside mission trip. And if you want more information, teens, uh, parents, more details, questions, be sure to come back tonight as Toby explains the plans that uh, he has in store for the youth group this summer. But we're looking forward to using that opportunity to serve people in our community, build a good name for the church, make contacts, and sit at Bible studies. In the uh, business of saving souls, uh, there are many uh, long, cold winters. I'm not talking about Minnesota winters. When we talk about the harvest, I mean, harvesting is the easy part. It really is. That's the joyful part. That's the part that we get to be glad about. But the hard part is waiting for winter to end so that you can work the ground, plant the seed, water, and then pray for the increase. So we want you to keep praying for us that we will continue to speak boldly as we should, that we will persevere in our work. And I'd like to end by reading a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. This is about the calling uh, that the Corinthians received. Paul says, For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised, God has chosen the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. You don't have to be wise enough or strong enough to know how to be saved. God has a very simple message. Nor do you have to be wise enough or strong enough to tell other people how to be saved. We just have to speak as we ought to, even when the world looks at what we do as foolishness. And so we continue to speak, and we see God shaming the wise, shaming the strong, by using weak and foolish vessels as ourselves to bring about his great and glorious plan of salvation. We see that happening every time a soul is saved. And I want to leave you with a vision. You know, this year, Northside is celebrating their 75th anniversary. That's a huge milestone. It's a great thing to rejoice about. Think about 75 more years from now. When Northside is celebrating 150 years of being a congregation of the Lord, as they send their congratulations to a congregation in St. Paul for their 75th anniversary. God is amazing. Thanks. If you guys want to go ahead and put that on your calendar, I think Alex will be about 105. I look forward to that. I will be a little older than that. I'm really disappointed, Alex. I thought you were going to do a Minnesota accent, you know, as you, as you 
said that line in your native tongue. You know, he didn't talk about the, the cold, literal winters that they have up there, but it has been one of the hardest winters, I think, uh, that Minnesota and all of us have seen in a long time. And it has made it hard for poor Alex to, to meet people, and Aaron as well. Uh, it's a difficult thing because everybody just kind of stays cooped up in their houses and, and uh, watches Netflix and doesn't do anything, you know. Uh, so pray for Alex. I think he's been praying for global warming, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know if he's turned into, you know, an environmentalist, but I, I think he's praying that the Lord will send some warmth up there so he can get out and meet people. They are both very evangelistic, and we, we really appreciate everything that they're doing up there. The final mission work that Northside supports is World Christian Broadcasting. Thirty-one years ago, they built a shortwave radio station in Alaska, and they began sending programs to half the globe in different languages. Every day the ministry gets letters from all over the world asking for Bibles, for religious material, for answers to Bible questions. Last year their websites got many millions of of, uh, hits. The new station that's being built in Madagascar is almost finished. Uh, All that's really left is to get approval from the country's uh, Minister of Communications and then install the, uh, the large... Uh, transmitters that they have that are sitting in Houston waiting to be shipped. You may remember that several years ago, uh, a military coup ousted the president of Madagascar, who had been very friendly to World Christian Broadcasting. As a result of that coup, the U.S. decided to stop uh, financial aid to the country, and then in retaliation, Madagascar said, okay, well, if you're going to do that, we're going to we're going to be unfriendly to the U.S., and one of the ways they've done that is to uh, deny the completion of this radio station. However, last December, there were new presidential elections, and, and a new president has been elected. Uh, he's pictured here, and their country, their Supreme Court, ruled that the election was free and democratic. Um, so let's all pray that the U.S. will then restart Uh, financial aid to the country, and then in turn, uh, Madagascar will approve that the station will be completed. You know, on January 1st of this year, Alex and Aaron took a big step of faith and moved to a part of the country with very few members of the Church of Christ. Their dream, as he just explained to us, is to plant a church and to share the gospel with people who do not have as much opportunity as we do to hear the truth here. And you know, on that same day, Northside also took a big step of faith when we agreed to serve as their stewarding church. It's a step of faith for us because it means that we need to increase our mission's giving. But one of the goals that we've always had with our mission work is to send our own members out into the world to spread the gospel. We sent Tristan and Leslie to Scotland. We sent Paul and Stacy to Japan. And then the the floods, Alex and Aaron, told us that they wanted to plant a church in Minnesota. The missions oversight team and the elders decided we really couldn't say no to where the Spirit seemed to be leading us as a church. So we agreed to take on this work. But this new work means we need to ask you to increase your support by a little bit. We're asking you to increase by 5%. Last year we asked you for $135,000. This year we'll need 142000 Wow. That sounded like the Lord saying that. We need 142000 
Whoa. You have been faithful to give what we have needed over the past few years, and we pray that you'll continue to walk in faith and to give to help take the gospel throughout the world. Most of you have already received the Missions Sunday brochure that we, we always prepare uh, for you. If you don't have one yet, uh, we're going to have copies of that uh, at the doors, and you can get those uh, as you leave the auditorium. Inside the brochure, you're going to find a purpose card that looks like this. Not like that, like this. Okay, please fill that out and drop it in the collection plate next Sunday morning. We'll give you a week to think about it. You can give the entire amount of your offering all at once if you would like to, as you see in this example here. Or you can spread it out by giving some every week by making monthly gifts. This will be a lot easier for you guys. If you prefer to spread out your missions offering, please uh, write just one check um, each time you contribute and tell us on the memo line how much you'd like to, to go to missions. And you're not looking at that. This is the single check for everything. This would be the one that you give. Um, but don't put Mission Sunday. I messed that up. On the memo line, write how much you want to go to Know Your Bible and how much you want to go to missions. And then the rest, we would assume, is for the regular contribution. Did that, was that as confusing as possible? I hope it was. All right. So next Sunday, we're going to pass the collection plates just one time. Please put your checks and your purpose cards into the offering plate at that time. You know, every time I talk to one of our missionaries or read a report that they've written about their work, I am just amazed at how much good God is doing through you and through your faithful contributions. It's our prayer that you will continue to support our mission works as well as you have in the past so that we can help our missionaries spread the good news all over the world. And as we've already mentioned, please come back tonight to hear a special presentation from Brian Middleton and from Rob Nagel about the site visits that they made with their wives to, uh, uh, well, Brian and Kathy went to Argentina a few weeks ago, and Rob and Neely went to Mexico. We promise it will not take any longer than our regular Sunday evening service, and it's a great chance for you to hear what has been going on with these two mission works. Uh, so please come back. I think it will definitely be worth your while. All right, since we're asking for a decision from you, uh, you members are asking you to decide how much you can support or what you uh, are willing to support. Uh, let me just remind you of three things uh, before you make that decision. Uh, first of all, the lost need to hear. Uh, the, and these are three things we've learned over the past few years as we've been talking about inside to outside. Uh, this is where we started. The lost need to hear. Uh, whether they're in Scotland or Minnesota or wherever, uh, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, Paul said that's our task. Uh, he wonders how we're able to handle that task, but he says God will help us handle that task. Uh, not all of us have the, the, the call of evangelism on us, if you will, uh, but all of us can fellowship in it. Uh, Alex and Aaron were called to go to a place where there is no church and do a hard work. Uh, they believe that the Lord will help them do that, and they have 75-year kind of faith that hey, he's going to do that. Uh, 
Uh, not all of us have that, uh, that call, but we can fellowship with them. And no, not many people could do what Paul did. But if you read through Paul's letters, he wrote to churches that had fellowship with him, and you see how grateful he was. Uh, church after church, he wrote and, and thanks them for supporting him, for helping him do what he was called to do. Uh, so the lost need to hear, and everyone in this family can have fellowship in that. Secondly, uh, it's good for Northside. Uh, we talked when we started talking about going outside, that inward-focused churches, uh, self-absorbed churches that take care of themselves and do things that are good things, but that's all they do, uh, those kind of churches die. It'll just happen. Uh, we've got to look outward. Uh, $142,000. Can anybody think of any great thing we could do with that here at Northside? I can think of all sorts of programs. Man, $142,000, we could do this and do that and hire staff and do all kinds of things and build this and improve that. Uh, we have a lot of ideas that we could, but it has blessed us from, by moving from inside to outside. Uh, Northside has been blessed, not just the places that we send people, uh, but Northside has been blessed. Uh, just look around and some of the pictures that Mark showed us, uh, we're kind of recycling the benefits, if you will. Uh, we sent the blocks to Scotland, we sent the Harringtons to Japan, uh, we, a number of Northside members have been to the Philippines. And there's good work done in those places, but Northside is profiting from it. Uh, we're being blessed. We're uh, gaining the benefits from it. A lot of our college students have done summer mission works, and they, they come back, and we profit from that. Northside's grown and benefited. A number of our members have made site visits and gone to visit missionaries. Uh, do you think mission work doesn't help those grade schoolers that just came down here? I give them a little different world vision and an understanding of finances and giving. and th The benefits just ripple through. Uh, so not only do the lost need to hear, but Northside profits uh, from this mission work. And the last thing I want to remind you of very quickly is we just had a big series on finance to start this year. And we have a number of new Financial Peace University graduates in here. And all of us know about sowing and reaping now. Uh, I think all of us understand that better than we did when we started the year. We understand sowing and reaping better than we did last year on Mission Sunday. Uh, participating, fellowshipping with our missionaries will change your life. Uh, that's what God promises. Uh, God says it's good for you. And if you sow a little, you'll reap a little. He wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 9, verse uh, 10. Well, listen to what he promises them about giving. He's been talking for two chapters about giving. And he says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way, so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. 
that's a missionary talking to one of his supporting congregations. And he says, if you help me in this, it'll result in thanks to God, and you'll be made rich in every way so you can do more. On every occasion you can be generous. That's a pretty good promise. Consider the good works that are being done. Consider the blessings to Northside. Consider your budget and increase it at least 5% uh, to help meet this need that the moth has asked us for. Uh, you can go beyond that and you still can't give outgive God. So uh, let's participate well this year. Let's fellowship with all of the great uh, folks that we've heard from this morning and the, in the great works that they're doing. Let me just add one more thing. Uh, sometimes we might sound like we're looking at the reports and uh, I'm talking about the Blocks and the Harringtons and the people that go to the Philippines and uh, it might sound like we're bragging a little bit that we've really got this figured out and uh, we're doing a great mission work here. I think we are doing a very good mission work. Uh, but I want to remind you that we shouldn't be bragging about it. Uh, the Mott's making the best decisions they can, and the elders are heading us in the direction they think we should go and all that. Uh, but Psalm 118.23 reminds us that the Lord has done this. Uh, the Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes, the psalmist said. We think it's good, but the Lord's behind it, so let's thank Him for all of our blessings. Uh, give, give generously, please. The lesson is yours, the decision is yours on this, but since we're together, we always want to issue an invitation from the Lord. If there's somebody here that needs to make a change in their life, a change spiritually, and begin to serve Christ, or needs the prayers of this family, we want to give you that chance this morning. So we're going to stand and sing a song. If you need to come, come. <laughs>